G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, Mark, uh, first time I think we've spoken together and so a uh, special welcome to you. And it's been a huge weekend, hasn't it? Because the terror attack in London, and if I was uh, just recounting some of those things that have been going on in London across the weekend, seven innocent people dead. Another 48 hospitalised, a terror attack. Three attackers have been shot dead by police. A van hit a number of pedestrians on London Bridge in the city centre just after 10pm Saturday night local time and the attackers fled on foot to Borough Market where they began stabbing people. It's horrendous and I was watching that unfold on television yesterday afternoon as no doubt you were or you saw those headlines later yesterday. How How's your feeling, Mark, about this sort of thing as it becomes a regular part of what happens in the world? Yes, Neil. Well, it is horrific and certainly our hearts go out to... Um, all the families who have been certainly affected. Um, having been there myself in 2010 on that very bridge, it, it certainly um, hits home. And I suppose all we can really do is, is pray for those families and pray for those emergency uh, workers who, of course, have been impacted by the severity of this attack. And um, certainly our hearts go out. Mark, Australian responses, of course, you know, oftentimes when these terror attacks happen so frequently, you get a similar response that comes from our national leaders. Uh, With Julie Bishop, the foreign minister, warning now this is the new reality, using everyday items to cause terror. Uh, How does that make you feel? And how ought we be thinking as Christian believers that that somehow or other uh, we're accepting a new reality like this? Yeah, well, Neil, sadly, it is a new reality, and we've seen in our own home soils. Um, obviously, not quite to that extent, but we have seen uh, similar events, and, and I suppose we should be anticipating um, something of that nature in the future. And, and really, for us as Christians, it really does um, bring home the fact that our lives um, are so short, and that we do need to be um, thinking about those that are around us, our workmates, our friends and families, um, any one of which could be taken at any time. But in terms of a, a government response, um, I mean, clearly the Islamic community does need to be um, addressing this radicalisation. And, you know, whether it's in, the, in the, the general media or within the internal media, um, within its own networks, there needs to be a response that is very clear and very um, condemning of this type of action uh, particularly towards young people who are obviously the ones that uh, most of these um, extremist Muslim groups are targeting. So at the end of the day, um, you know, we've got to expect that the, the likelihood of this happening here in Australia is, is very imminent. And as you say, Mark, uh, the call for Christians to be prayerful and the response of Christians to this sort of horrific act uh, there's some lessons to be learned, isn't there, from the way that the Coptic Church has responded when they've had uh, similar terror attacks happen on their soil? 
Exactly. And, you know, the impact that their response, which is really one of love and forgiveness. Um, I don't know if anyone's seen the Christianity Today um, article about that, that whole aspect of forgiveness. There's a link there that shows a very powerful uh, interview of one of the, the wives of a security guard who was um, yeah, taken in one of these bomb attacks. And she just is very incredibly gracious and loving and forgiving, and it has an immediate impact on this uh, secular interviewer and, I believe, the whole nation. And, and certainly as Christians, you know, we shouldn't allow uh, the fear and the terror, which is exactly you know, what is behind this, and it is a spiritual battle, we shouldn't bow to that, and we should come, um, you know, with the, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, because as he said, um, you know, forgive as I have forgiven you. It's, it's a very difficult thing to consider um, when we're on the other end of it. But when you see that in action by this incredible mother uh, and wife, um, that, that's the sort of reaction I think that, um, you know, as a Christian, we, we should all be aiming for. Well, lots more to be said as Christian believers offer their own thoughts and prayers uh, mm. for the circumstances that are going on uh, in the UK, and in fact, uh, that's not the only terror attack that's going on around the world, although it is the latest and it's the one that's in the headlines right now. Uh, let's talk about another story that's still alive. And, of course, Margaret Court in the news. Uh, all of that headline continues around the world. And now there's a new development. Tennis identity John McEnroe uh, saying that he can get Elton John to conduct a mass same-sex wedding ceremony at the Margaret Court Arena. I think there's a, a certain sense in which uh, they're wanting to put the knife in here. What do you feel about that, Mark? Well, I think it's getting a bit laughable, really, Neil. I mean, John McEnroe, I don't know if you remember, but he was always someone who was quite um, strongly emotional on court, and I think this sort of reaction... Um, is in line with, with what we've seen in the past. But it's really getting to the point where everybody's using this opportunity to, to have their say. Uh, and I'm just reminded of one of the Proverbs that Jesus said when he was heading up to Gethsemane, sorry, up to the, um, the Golgotha. And he said, you know, this is what they do when the branch is green. What will they do when it is dry? And my sense is, okay, if if this is what we're seeing now, even before, um, if there was ever a change in the definition of marriage, what might it be like if the, the definition was ever changed? And, you know, again, it's this whole aspect of intimidation and fear because anyone looking on at the way uh, Margaret Court has been treated, and I know Margaret, I've met her, lovely lady, um, then it, it's easy for us to come under this fear, this intimidation. Well, I'm not going to speak up. I'm not going to talk to my neighbour or my family about this because it's so controversial. I'm going to get laughed at and, and slandered. But the reality is we do need to keep speaking up. And Margaret, <clears throat> I think, is showing great courage in doing that because if we don't speak, if we don't speak the truth in love, how are other people or anyone else going to hear the alternative version and the reasons why marriage is so important for society, so important for children, and so important um, for us to be able to have the opportunity to speak uh, without feeling as though you know our religious freedom or our free speech is being curtailed as we do. So I would encourage listeners, you know, be encouraged by uh, by Margaret Court's example, and don't allow that fear and that intimidation to squash your voice. Yes, the big issue here is freedom of speech and a lot of that controversy, and uh, for some listeners, actually originated 
on this very program when Margaret mm-hmm. Court made some comments, but in the context of talking about freedom of speech, the ability to have an opinion without being howled down in the public space. And uh, more to be said about that, and uh, what a champion, though, that she is, on court and off court, and as pastor of one of the largest churches here in Australia, Margaret Court. Uh, no doubt uh, there'll be people hearing all sorts of bad things about her. Uh, I always say just check the context. Uh, there is something more to talk about, though, when it comes to this marriage issue, and of course, Uh, the controversial idea of having Elton John come to Australia and conduct a mass wedding in the Margaret Court Arena, which is is the the way they're trying to keep this whole thing alive. The idea of a plebiscite for marriage. The ACL, the Australian Christian Lobby, has a plebiscite petition. Uh, The endeavour is to get the plebiscite back onto the agenda. It seems to have been moved off the agenda. Things have cooled down a little, but it is still the government's policy to have a plebiscite when it comes to the way that they'll look at marriage. Uh, the ACL plebiscite continues up to about 20, uh, 20, 28,000 names on that now, Mark. That's right, yep, and it's steaming along very nicely. Um, so the whole idea, of course, is to, to put pressure back on the cross benches in the Senate to say, well, hang on, maybe we should revisit this. If this is really what the people of Australia are, are wanting... Um, it's really the, the fastest way to resolve the issue. And um, so, obviously, in the most recent budget, the money still has been allocated there for a plebiscite, so it's not off the government's agenda, but really it's the, the sticking point in the Senate, and that's what we're aiming this uh, petition at. So, obviously, the bigger the petition, the bigger the voice, the bigger the influence. Uh, so, if I could encourage people to go on the acl.org.au Click on the plebiscite at the top of the page and um, sign that petition and share it with your friends because you know, 28,000 is a good start, but we certainly need a lot uh, more if we're going to have an uh, uh, influence that's going to change people's minds in the Senate. And Mark, let's zero in on Tasmania. Tasmania is your neck of the woods. You're the Tasmanian State Director for the Australian Christian Lobby. Uh, the euthanasia bill uh, that was introduced recently, uh, the results, uh, the impact on the rest of Australia, uh, how, how are you seeing things that have unfolded in Tasmania? Well, Neil, I couldn't be happier with the result, uh, 16 to 8, so 2 to 1 um, saying no to this dangerous bill. And I'm just so grateful to God that, that it was uh, dealt a hefty blow because, I mean, opening that door to euthanasia or assisted suicide in Tasmania would have given other states um, more of an impetus to open the door there. And, and that's why we need to be now moving our focus to Victoria and New South Wales because, obviously, you know, a debate on bills there is imminent as well. But, you know, the key thing really is, I still believe, is prayer. We need to be praying and trusting God that uh, this dangerous legislation would be pushed back. Um, The impact on society of of allowing assisted suicide, uh, bringing that whole confusing message about the value of life, um, and particularly for young people who are, you know, already uh, dealing with so many issues in their lives uh, as it is, but to have this message from society saying, well, it's okay when things get tough, um, to end it this way. It's a very dangerous message and we're just so grateful. Um, you know, 2013, the, the, the number was only uh, one. It's a little bit like in South Australia. It was a very close margin. But this time, uh, 16 to 8, very sound message. And I trust and hope that that message will actually resonate 
uh, and legislators uh, in Victoria and New South Wales as they consider their own bills. But again, the message has always been there's no legislation that will cover all the possible scenarios, particularly for those most vulnerable, uh, the elderly, the sick, the, the, even those who have got uh, illnesses that are not terminal. Our, our current bill, you didn't actually have to have a terminal illness. Those who are particularly vulnerable are particularly vulnerable to coercion and um, to be moved in certain directions by those around them. And, um, you know, with elder abuse being such a huge issue in our nation, um, a very uh, under-talked about issue, it's, it's really a recipe for disaster. So... Well, that's it, isn't it? There's an awful lot of reasons not to pursue a euthanasia line. So many issues that affect people. And a lot of those, we would say, simply common sense reasons why you wouldn't. Uh, and yet we, uh, we wonder why these things continue to come up in our state parliaments. But uh, Mark Brown, great uh, results in Tasmania. And thank you so much for your insights today. Uh, really appreciate you taking some time to talk to us. And no doubt we'll get a chance on another day to have another chat. But Mark Brown, the Tasmanian State Director for the Australian Christian Lobby, thanks so much for being with us today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. It's a pleasure. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.